Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So, Shui, let's start with the women's ashes. Unfortunately, there haven't been as many games as scheduled due to inclement weather. Adelaide! Yes. We gave them praise for what was it <laughs> being dry. Every 40th test they have a day rained out and they've lost not just the second, but also the third. Yes. T20. Yes, indeed. That first one, though, Talia McGrath, my God. I knew she could bowl, but that batting performance was magnificent. Holy yeah. shit. I mean, she's had some cracking batting performances in the WBBL this season as well. But yeah, certainly a 91 off 49. Oh, next level. That is the way that you lead. And look, three for 26 off her four overs as well. Huge. In, in a real batter-friendly pitch, it has to be said. Short boundaries, really, really quick outfield. So yeah, it was a, an amazing all-round performance. And a lot of people saying that... She's kind of uprooted Elise Perry now. Well, I was just about to say, you have to be that good in order to supplant Elise Perry. And she was the big omission from those T20s, basically, was having her out of the side. And it is weird. It's so weird that she's not an automatic walk-up after so many years. She'll be in the test, though. And they could play her as a batter if they wanted to. And apparently Beth Mooney will be in the test. And she only broke her jaw 10 days ago. Iron jaw. Crazy. Very, very good. Yeah. Just quickly going back to McGraw, though, one of the things that really impressed me the most, she has got a really mean Yorker. Oh, she got a great... I love watching her bowl. She's got a very menacing action. Yeah. Like, like when she lands that Yorker, it is really, really tough. A couple of other things. So great to see Alana King bowl well in her first match. 28 off her four overs. A key wicket of Tammy Beaumont as well, just after she was getting settled for England. And look, thanks to a pretty drunk DRS, she was denied a second one. <laughs> Nat Siver struck on the pads, what looked to be stone dead in front, hitting in front of sort of off stump. DRS said it was hitting about a stump outside the line. It was not even close to that. Interesting. So, I didn't yeah. see that one. Oh. Yeah, it was a shocker. Okay. Another failure for Alyssa Healy, though. Seven off nine. Yeah, well, she keeps. Watch her come good in the test or something. Oh, yeah. Or the ODIs. She'll be fine. But it's it's just interesting that real down patch for her continues pretty much through the majority of the WBBL and and now into the the internationals. As you say, she keeps, which is good. So she'll be a keeper for that. And Beth Mooney keeps and she's got a dud jaw, so she won't be keeping. So, yeah. A couple of injuries out of the recent T20s and I think one from one of the training sessions. I'm not entirely sure, but... Maya Bouchier for England. She hurt her knee. She plugged it while trying to save a four. Mm. Pretty nasty looking one. And unfortunately, she is out for the rest of the Ashes. And Taylor Vlemink for yeah, the Aussies. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, stress fracture in her right foot. That'll keep her out for the rest of the Ashes as well. And more importantly, out She'll of the be World Cup. for a while. So yeah. that's a, a really big deal. She, she is genuine, genuine pace. It does open the door massively, though, for Stella Campbell. So there's the, oh yeah, there's a lot of people waiting, a lot of girls waiting in the wings. Mm. So absolutely. So it looks like Campbell will probably come in for the test. She took seven for 25 on a grassy pitch that probably expected to be fairly similar to what the Aussies and the Poms will face on Thursday. So could be very interesting to see what happens when she comes in and she is legitimately scary fast. So in the blokes BBL, Shui, I finally started watching because it's finals time. And there are a lot of parallels between the eliminator and the qualifier, it's got to be said. And the dominator. I actually checked to see if that was the thing. <laughs> Don't check for that. But Adelaide scored 188. Perth scored 189 to both begin the innings. And neither team lost their first wicket till, what, 13th, 14th over or something. So both had really good opening stands. And basically, it was the platform for victory for both teams, wasn't it? Yeah, that's pretty much spot on, really. I mean, this is what I've said right from the start about the Scorchers, but not just about the Scorchers, about everyone. I mean, if you're talking about Adelaide, for example... 
if you let Alex Carey and Matt Short get off to the start that they did in that game, you're going to be chasing your tail right from the start. And yeah, 145 run opening partnership at about 10 runs and over. Look, the Hurricanes fought back fairly well. They did pretty well to restrict them to 188, considering where they were. But they certainly put up a better fight than the Sixers did against Perth. Well, they, they did. And and to be fair to the the Hurricanes, I mean, they had a pretty good reply. It just came down to the 16th over. Yeah, Darcy Short and Pete Hanscom both out in consecutive balls. Both had sort of been in for a while. Darcy Short was on 56, I think, and and it started this collapse of seven for 44, and that was the Hurricanes gone. Yep. But yeah, certainly a slightly different storyline in the Perth game. I mean, this this storyline actually starts before the game. Yes. So Daniel Hughes in the warm-up. Now, he's not had an amazing tournament, certainly hasn't batted up to his potential. But yeah, Oh, it's he, a big player to lose when you're bringing in a replacement player. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. And then, of course, the Steve Smith thing. How do we feel about this? Uh, I'm okay with it. And the reason for it is basically, if you look at the letter of the law, I mean, okay, yeah, it would be amazing if he could have played. He's basically the only test player who didn't come back into their BBL team, basically. Nathan Lyon played for the Sixers, for example, in that match. Yep. But if you're not signed before the season... And and this is it. So the reason for it was because Smith had committed to playing in the ODIs over in New Zealand. Yep. They got cancelled, but as you said, he wasn't signed up for the BBL. Yep. So, and the, the official ruling basically was Cricket Australia introduced a local replacement player pool from which all franchises must pick any fill-in. Had Smith been placed in that pool, he would have been available to any BBL franchise. Yeah, right, yeah. Which is very, very yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, that, that would have been more controversial, I suggest. Oh, I think so, yeah. Steve Smith comes in at, like, number three for the Scorchers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. But, uh, yeah, look, he's not in the playing list for the Sixers at the start of the tournament, so... You know, it's not really that fair for him to just kind of wander in. Yes, it it's was, like at the social leagues when the ring-ins come in for the finals yeah, and, and yeah. bloody state players yeah, dump yeah. on you from the free yeah, throw line. Yeah. Been but, on the wrong side of that before. Yeah, well, yeah, you and I both. Yeah, but same it, team. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Craigie. The court. <laughs> yeah, but no, th- this is the thing. Yes, it's going to put bums on seats. Yes, it's going to have a lot more people watching on the on the telly. But fairness. it's fairness. Rules yeah, is rules. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you can't really sort of say yay for one and nay for another. And there's all this talk from Moses and Reeks. Oh, they wouldn't do it for LeBron. You wouldn't do it for, you know, Lionel Messi, all these people. It's like, well, if the rules are there, yes, they fucking would. Yeah, maybe they would. Yeah. So don't, yep. yeah, don't try that shit. <laughs> it was interesting at the start to see Nathan Lyon bowling. Yeah, not unusual to try and pitch an over or two with spin in T20s these days. Stephen O'Keefe would be the way to go. He, he is the, the expert in the T20s, but and turning, I don't know. Maybe they thought Lyon didn't get enough of a bowl in the last test so they need to throw him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, look, he, I mean, he bowled fairly well, but yeah, I, th- I thought Stephen O'Keefe turning it the other way might have been a better way to go. But as we've said before, you need to get early wickets against Perth. It didn't happen. Josh Inglis makes 79 or 49. Patterson makes 64 or 41. He had a little 28 off 21 from Mitch Marsh. And the Scorchers make 189. That is a big score in a final. Yeah, to defend as well. Now, Mitch Marsh, I didn't actually notice this right away because I was multitasking, but he could be in a bit of trouble. He might not make the final with a bit of an injury. Yeah, well, they stopped him from bowling. I think it was, what, tight hammy? Yeah, hammy, yeah, I think Mm. so, yeah. So, And look, he's got a little bit of a history of soft tissue injuries. So that was very much the reason that they kept him off the the, the pitch. With runs on the board, they were erring on the side of caution, hoping they'd make their way Mm. through to the final, I'm guessing. But yeah. uh, yeah. Now, when you're chasing 190, you've got to get off to a good start. Of the top seven batters, the only one with a strike rate above 62.5 was Dan Christie. Oh, it was a shit show, wasn't it? Who made seven off four. Yeah. 
So absolute shit show. This one, and look, no one typified that better than Moses and Reeks. Comes in at first drop, makes 17 off 30. Yep. That that's not even good for a 50 over match. No. So yeah. But the, the Perth bowling attack is very, very good. You know, oh, yeah. it's the Dorf, Richardson, Agar. It's a good mix of different styles. Boa constrictor stuff. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You look at the first four overs, four, three, one, and four. And they picked up three wickets in that in that sort of time frame. Ashton Agar comes in. What does he do? Straight away comes in, continues that that strangulation almost. And yeah, I mean, they just bowl to their field better than other teams in the competition right now. They don't let guys get on top of them very often. They trust their plans. I think they just they bowl well as a squad too in, in partnership. They do. And I have to say, thank goodness for Ben Dwarshus as far as the viewing went. Yeah, I know, I know. That was a lovely knock. His highest great. score ever. Yeah. And the highest score ever at number nine in Big Bash history. Yep. Yeah. First guy below number five to get a 50 in this BBL as well. So, yeah, 24 off the second last over of the match. 24 ball, 50 funnily enough as well. Out for 66 off 28. The only reason it wasn't a 101 victory. So, yeah, look, a couple of issues in the Sixers batting innings. There was an issue with the camera work. A um, couple of times the traditional camera angle wasn't used, you know, the one where you're looking straight over the, bowl, over the bowler's yeah, arm. Yeah. And they were actually watching the bowler running in from front yeah, on. Which, the batsman's view. Yeah, you couldn't even see what the delivery did. So yeah, that was yeah, a yeah, weird no, one. crap. And speaking of crap, we saw a little bit of an interesting moment where a young fella trying to take a catch has jumped over the fence and landed on the grass. Escorted away by security. He did come back later on. Yeah, it was funny, wasn't it? Yeah, it but drew like, a lot of attention from the commentary in yeah. a pretty... Otherwise, unexciting game. Yeah. I think the commentators were glad to have Pat yeah. to talk about. It's like, come on, guys. He's not disrupting the play. He's not trying to stay on the field for any longer than a few seconds. And I'm pretty sure he was underage too. So you've got to give him a bit more of a benefit yeah. of the doubt than if you'd been an adult, I think. I think he lay down because he winded himself. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, just have a bit of fun for God's sake. So I can't remember commentators being that interested in something that wasn't in the action during a final. But since that time that Seagull got hit... Oh, against you, the Sydney Sixers. Do you know where I thought you were going? I thought you were going with, well, he's tripped on a bottle. Oh, no, well, that goes way back. Yeah, that's that's the ODIs against Sri Lanka. But, yeah, yeah Bill Laurie laughing at Tarmacena. And that is technically part of the play as well. Yeah, but yeah. No, do you remember that seagull in yeah. that in that crazy finish? Yeah, the one that with got the Brett quote, Lee. quote killed and then it came Yeah, out, and, then, yeah, and, and the crowd like, like cheered louder for the seagull's rebirth <laughs> than they did for the exciting match. One of the most exciting BBL finals. Steven Seagull. So I must admit, I didn't see it, but Adelaide won again. They've booked a spot with the Sixers. Could it be yet another Perth Sixers final? Time will tell. She's Adelaide a fit form at the right they time. They have. They look pretty good in that first match. Really good contributions or starts from a lot of the players. 65 off 38 from, from Ian Cobain. And as you say, 184 on the board is a very, very good score. Yep. We didn't see this, so we can't make too many comments. But the big moment in this one comes from Usman Kawaja being given out court by Fawad Ahmed at short third man. I saw comments that said that catch saw more grass than Bob Marley. <laughs> I'm not convinced it carried. I'm yeah, really there was an inter- interception in the NFL that was a bit dodgy as well, actually. That yeah. one was a lot closer to a Yeah, yeah. I didn't see yeah, this one. Okay, no, I might have to before it, next week. Look, the Thunder were brave. Thankfully for us, they came up short because I'm still, I'm still worried about the Thunder. <laughs> so we've got the Strikers and the Sixers in the Challenger to face off for a spot in the final against Perth. Who you got? Oh, I don't know. I kind of, Adelaide's form mm. and Sydney's form. I mean, Sydney were crap against, but yeah, I'll pick Adelaide in an upset. Yep. I don't think it's an upset. Well, it's it's in Sydney. Sydney were a higher seed. I still don't think it's an upset. Adelaide only finished six and eight. So they didn't even win more than they lost. Eked in in fourth seed. 
I tell you what, everyone give gives shit, including myself, gives shit to the bonus point, the uh, the bash boost, and that's the only reason they got in. Well, that's true. That's what got them over Hobart. Yeah, they, yep. they took a bunch of, of bash boost. But yeah, look, it's it's hard to go past them, as you say. They they're in form right now. Sydney were terrible against Perth. If you go Adelaide off to a strong start with Carey and Short, and they can bat through the first eight or nine overs they could put up a score that Sydney struggled to chase down. Oh, yeah. And then Matt Short's been bowling well, too. Mm. So, yeah, no, they're, they're a sneaky team. All right. So, we're both going Adelaide. Now, just quickly to round out the BBL team of the tournament. So, I'm just going to quickly run you through that. So, Ben McDermott, 577 runs. Josh Phillippe, 429. Joe Clark, 419. Mitch Marsh, 243 runs and five wickets. Matty Short, 487 and eight wickets. Moises Enrique's 420 runs. Then we get into the bowlers. So you've got Daniel Sams at 19 wickets, Rashid Khan at 20, Hayden Kerr 24, Andrew Ty 22, and Peter Siddle, the captain, 29 wickets. Yeah, that's amazing. Pretty balanced attack too. I think Daniel Sams batted pretty well. So in that all-rounder spot. So yeah. It has to be said. Glenn Maxwell. The big snub. The omission. The big show snub. And look, we have to go back to a game that we didn't really talk about that happened after we recorded last week, but before the finals. That ridiculous, ridiculous game that they played. When he caught lightning in a bottle. So an absolute dead rubber between Hobart and the Melbourne Stars. And you're sort of thinking, oh, do we even watch it? But anytime Maxwell's involved, you kind of, it's got potential. But holy shit, 154 not out of 64 balls. Oh, it's nuts. Highest score ever recorded in the BBL. Hobart tried everything. They threw eight different bowlers at him and they all went for more than 10 and over. <laughs> Some days you just see them like beach balls. Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing about it was that Marcus Stoinis made 75 yes. 31. Clubbing him, yeah. And yep. barely even got a mention. Yep. Two for 273 off 20 overs the Stars made. Easily the highest team score ever made in the BBL and that will stand for a long time. Just sadly not consistent enough. They finished third last on the table. So yeah. they didn't tie those kind of results together. Well, they just needed a few more bash boosts. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I did see a crazy stat from Guess Who? Swampy. Swampy. Yep. Showing what each team had made in their 100th BBL match. Maxwell made more in this match, his 100th, than the Scorchers, Renegades, Strikers, Heat and Stars did. Stars game was rain affected. They only made 10. <laughs> but only Hobart and the two Sydney teams scored more than him. Absolutely nuts. It sure is. So if you look at his overall body of work, two centuries, including that high score, 468 runs for the tournament, good for third behind McDermott and Short, four wickets as well, plus one of the catches of the tournament. I think you could make a case for either Enrique's making way for him or... Mitch Marsh, he only played seven out yeah, of 14 games. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy with either of those because he's great in the field too. So, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. think as well as Marsh, he played across his seven games. It's like giving the MVP to somebody who plays 41 games. I guess the yeah. only difference is that Marsh and Onrex obviously were in the finals. True. But, yeah, it's tough. It, it is tough. I There's mean, always good players missing out with these things. Yeah. And sure, it wouldn't be cricket without a bit of corruption. Yeah, unfortunately, a massive story coming out of Zimbabwe in the last couple of hours. Former captain Brendan Taylor stating, quote, I'd fallen for it. I'd willingly walked into a situation that has changed my life forever. No kidding. So he's admitted that he's taken money from match fixers who blackmailed him after video emerged of him using cocaine on a trip to India in 2019. Basically, these guys set him up. They put a big bunch of cocaine in front of him. He took the bait. They videoed it, and then the next morning turned up at his hotel and went, uh, you want to kind of fix a couple of matches for us? Otherwise, yeah. we'll just leak this. Oh, that's terrible. He took 15000 US dollars, says he never actually fixed any matches, took him four months to report it to the ICC, though, facing a lengthy ban, even though he's retired. 
probably lucky to not be facing criminal charges, I mm, dare say. I dare say. Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. Mm.